Welcome to Beat Blossom, the Good Enough Podcast. This show encourages entrepreneurs to embrace their flaws and be awesome, promote their business without shame on social media, and grow it to support the life they truly desire to live. I'm your host, Anita Kirkbride, social media trainer and brainstormer extraordinaire, founder of the Flossom League Social Media Academy for Business and Twerp Communications, Inc. Today, we're talking to Anne-Marie Flynn, change champ and mindset coach, about what it means to be perfectly imperfect and how having what many people would consider the perfect, quote unquote, body image felt and how we can get over that feeling of coming off stage or coming out of a presentation and feeling like you absolutely flopped, beating ourselves up. And always remembering the worst instead of remembering all the good things that we've done. Welcome, Anne-Marie. I am so happy that you invited me. Thank you so much, Anita. (laughs) And it sounds like we both need to have a little bit of a rant about being flossom and being perfectly imperfect. We've both had a bit of a day today, maybe. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Before you turned on the recording button, you and I kind of did have our little bit of a rant where I told you about a presentation that I did that I felt kind of flat and it was all about my perfect imperfection program. Yeah, so I went through the whole scenario of everything that I talk about in my perfect imperfection program in terms of feeling sorry for myself, feeling like I wasn't good enough. Yeah, so even as the author and creator of this online program, I still have those moments as well. So I'm certainly not immune to it. And I was saying, you know, you asked me, do I ever feel that way? Which I think is a hilarious question for somebody to ask me because I feel that way all the time. And I know (laughs) people tell me that I come across so confident and so outgoing and like I have it all together. And, you know, one other business person that I know and love locally told me when I grow up, I want to be just like you. And I'm thinking, oh my God, if you only knew what was going on behind the scenes, right? Right. Why do you think we all think that about other people, but we can't see the good in ourselves? Well, I think the general answer to that, and based on the research, is that we have what we call the imposter syndrome. The world is a very imperfect world, yet the way society and social media kind of puts on this expectation that we need to be, in quotation marks, we need to be perfect. And, you know, when we take a look at advertising, when we take a look at what we see in magazines and everything, there is this unrealistic expectation that we need to be something more than we are. And that's a sin because what ends up happening is that we are not living our true authentic selves for fear of showing up, for fear of showing our flaws, for fear of being flossom, for fear of being perfectly imperfect. And I always say, wouldn't it be awesome if you and I and the rest of this world could be the person that we've always been meant to be, and that is just like this world, perfectly imperfect. We've gone through a full year now of this pandemic, and we've realized that you know stuff happens. I gotta be careful with my words, but stuff happens. And this world isn't perfect. So why do we have expectations that we should be? Mm -hmm. Has the pandemic 
changed the way you look at yourself and your business? Has it changed your vision of perfection or your your wanting to be perfect? Yeah, well, and you know what? It's funny. I was raised in an environment where perfection was rewarded. And just like, you know, kind of what you said earlier, it kind of gave me that feeling like, what is wrong with me? I'm not living up to what is being told to me of what I need to look like, to act like, to be like, you know, the perfect job, the perfect marks, the perfect athlete, the perfect whatever. And I felt like I was never adding up or was never coming to that realization. And what I would noticed is that during this pandemic, that everyone else is feeling the same way. And I did some data research. And what's happening right now is that at least 70% of the population in North America is experiencing burnout at least once in 2020. And because of what's happening in this world, we are experiencing burnout because we keep thinking we need to be this person that we're just quite frankly not. And that is we're not riding the wave of this imperfect world. And the imposter syndrome is really showing up. So if anything, I'm noticing even more just how prevalent it is in myself and in this world. So one of the things that people might not know about you, your past history in the fitness industry. (laughs) Yeah, well, I've always been very passionate about sports. I used to be a competitive figure skater. And then I went on to become Atlanta Canada's very first female military scuba diver. And then becoming from being a scuba diver, and then I could talk all about some flossom experiences of taking that course. It got me into what I call body sculpting. A lot of people call it bodybuilding. I call it body sculpting. (laughs) And in my 20s, I got into the sport. And then I took a break where I went from bodybuilding to building bodies. I had two kids and raised a family, took a 20-year break from the sport, and then got back into it in my mid-40s. And now I'm an international pro athlete with the sport. So yeah, it's kind of been a quite a ride. And the interesting thing, Anita, is that there's this perception in this sport around perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And when I've worked with athletes, so I work with athletes, I work with lots of women, high achieving women, and I work with a lot of organizations around basically perfect imperfection. And what's interesting with this sport is that I make it really clear is there's no such thing as the perfect body. There's no such thing as a perfect body. So what we do, though, is how do we show up with the body that we have and show it in a way that creates the illusion of, I don't want to say perfection, of flossom. So my biggest thing is when I work with athletes is how are you going to show up on stage And it's how you show up from on the inside is how you're going to reflect yourself on the outside. That's what the most important thing is when it comes to this type of sport and anything in life. It's how you show up on the inside is how you're going to show up on the outside. Mm -hmm. I've seen the pictures from when you were a body sculptor. (laughs) And just talk to us for a minute about even though you are at what most people would consider peak fitness. Many people would look at those pictures and say, that was absolute perfection. Mm. Did you feel that way at the time? I felt that I did the absolute best for me. 
And I was really proud of how I showed up. I was almost more proud of how I showed up internally and mentally than how I showed up physically. Because one of the things that I got from a feedback standpoint from the judges, because this is a sport where you are being judged by other people, is there was something about you, Amory, that we wanted to look at you that much longer because it's how you showed up. So that's what I felt even more proud of. One of the things that I'm always very careful about is when I have people ask me about my sport and they see that one nanosecond of a picture and they might say kind of like what you said is that, wow, you know, that's the perfect body. That is an unsustainable representation of me (laughs) 52 weeks of the year. That what you see is one nanosecond of time and months and months of hard work. So this is the part that I'm very, very adamant about is that to expect that quote unquote perfection 52 weeks of the year is an unrealistic ask because I don't look like that 52 weeks of the year. What does show up 52 weeks of the year is a roller coaster ride of planning, setting intention, creating the right mindset, course correction as I go along, looking at failure as feedback and creating the mindset where I can ride that wave of looking at, you know, meal plans and going to the gym at certain times and having to weigh myself every day and looking in the mirror all the time and checking out the, you know, certain body parts and everything and looking at all of that as simply feedback for the one nanosecond that I'm on stage being judged by a bunch of people that have never met me before. And I'm going to tell me, you know, you either did great or you did really crappy. So in my mind, it's way more important of what I did the 52 weeks of that year versus that one nanosecond. That to me feels like success. There's so much in that story and in that history to pull out into the business world too. For one, it was the judges told you it was more about your attitude Mm -hmm. than the perfect body, right? They mentioned your attitude and your confidence. That doesn't come from months and months of starving yourself or eating whatever you're told to eat. Right. So, I mean, that can become a really important lesson for business too, for social media. It's more about your attitude than it is about having the perfect staged photo or the perfect story on social media. Yes. Intent and your attitude is right. That will come across. Absolutely. And this is where you can see, and we're both on the same wavelength with that, because the reality is we're going to make more mistakes than we are going to have successes. If we see that as a mistake, or do we see it as feedback? Do we see it as course correction? Do we see it as an opportunity to grow and learn from? And so, as you mentioned, I've created this program called Perfect Imperfection, and it's all about that. It's all about how do we show up internally for ourselves? How do we discover our inner critics, how we speak to ourselves, what our internal belief system is, and how do we also shift that to who are our superheroes that can have another discussion with us to say, you know what, you're okay, just get yourself back up. See this as feedback, simply as feedback, course correct, and move forward. You got this. And then the other thing in my program is basically, you know, creating that 
the mindset so you can continue to move forward. They always say that the richest place in the world is the graveyard because there's so many people that will not show up authentically with all of their creative mindsets and inventions and innovation because they're too damn scared to do it because of fear of failure. Like, can you imagine if just if everybody showed up and created and brought out what was really authentic to them? I just wonder what this world would be like. The other thing that you said in talking about your history in the fitness industry is mm-hmm. that it's not sustainable, right? That's just one picture from one second in time. And the idea that you can't be perfect for 52 weeks of the year. And that's something that I talk to people about too, like striving for perfection on Mm -hmm. social media, in business, on the stage, in your hobby, whatever it is. If you are always striving for perfection, you Mm -hmm. are constantly living in a state of stress, right? Because perfection is really unattainable. Yeah. And where's the fun in that? (laughs) You know, so one of the things that I, and I do workshops around perfect imperfection, I have one graph and the graph looks like a stock market growth chart, right? So of course people can't see what I'm doing, but just imagine the stock market growth chart. So there's ups and there's downs, but if you take a look at the long-term, it's going up, right? And so my question is usually, would you invest in this? if you knew that this is where it was going. And nine times out of 10, people would say, absolutely. Well, the reality is that that growth chart or that chart that I did, I flipped it. And what it was, was my weight chart when I was getting ready for the world championships. And there was ups and there was downs and there was plateaus. But at the end of the day, the weight, you know, the intentional leaning out of where I wanted to be ended up being exactly where I wanted it to go. But along the way, there were ups and downs. So if someone is coming to, you know, wanting to create a healthier lifestyle, for instance, and they might come to me and they might say, you know, I want you to help me create a healthier lifestyle and a better relationship with nutrition. It's like, great. What we're going to notice is that there are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be plateaus. And that is simply course correction. If I had looked at that weight chart, for instance, and if I saw one peak, And if I was expecting perfection and I had an all or nothing attitude and that one peak went up, I may have given up. But if I know what my long-term goal is and I stay true to that long-term goal with perfect imperfection intention and course correct and look at failure as simply feedback, then I know I can continue to go and move forward and take those little tiny baby steps to continue to move forward. So that was really powerful when I did that in uh, some of the workshops and people went, oh my God, (laughs) you're right. You know, it is a really powerful mind shift to, instead of looking at your Instagram photo and seeing that it didn't get as many likes as you'd hoped it would get, instead Mm -hmm. of looking at that as a failure or I'm not good enough, but to look at it as feedback. Yes, that terminology right there is a huge mind shift and it makes it feel okay. Right. So this is the thing when it comes to identifying your inner critic and also helping with getting your superhero muscle built. So our inner critic muscle is really strong. We've mastered that inner critic muscle, especially, you know, women and small business owners. We do a fantastic job in beating ourselves up and 
criticizing ourselves. Well, there's also another person inside of us and that's our superhero. We had it as a child and they're still there. And the thing is, is that when it comes to, you know, for your point about, you know, maybe I didn't get as many likes on an Instagram ad or picture or whatever, how do we see that? Are we judging it or are we getting curious about it? The mind cannot be in judgment mode and curiosity mode at the same time. So if you hear yourself judging, just ask yourself, who's speaking to me right now? Is it the inner critic? Again, in my program, we go into these activities called the biography of the inner critic. And you actually get nice and deep into understanding and getting clarity around who this inner critic is. And when you find out who that inner critic is, you can actually put a name to him or her. And then you can realize it's like that person, that inner critic isn't me. It's just a a character that is showing up inside of me. And then when we have compassion for it and and everything, but at the end of the day is that we also have a superhero within us as well. And that has a character that has a role. It's like, who is that person? And how can they bring curiosity and compassion into my world? So when an Instagram like is not as many likes as we thought, it's like, well, that kind of sucked. What can I learn from this? And how can I get curious about it? And what can I do to tweak it? Yeah, a really important message for all business owners. And I think that Mm -hmm. one is going to stick with me too for, you know, when my program doesn't get as many people as I'd like, or maybe the podcast doesn't get downloaded as quickly as I like, or, or whatever. How can I tweak it? I'm always looking at how can I tweak this next time? What do I need to add? What needs to be fixed? What went wrong, but what went right? Right, right. You know, improvement for the sake of improvement, just improve over last time. Have you ever had when you were younger, let's say you made 75% on a test. Do you say that you were 25 away from 100 or that you were 75 away from zero? What would have been the first thought? I don't know. I I was a pretty good student, so I didn't really worry about my marks too much. (laughs) Yeah. I probably would have said, oh, I was only 25 away from 100, right? Yeah. Rather than, yeah, so I wouldn't have seen it necessarily as a bad thing. And I have these conversations with my daughter, who is very driven when it comes to school. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what I do in business, and when I talk about being Flossom, I do keeping in mind that my two teenage daughters are going to pick up on what I talk about and how I talk. And so I'm very mindful of that all the time. But when we talk about grades, I think she tends to say, I got 92. I was only eight away from 100. Mm. I was so close. And it's a good thing for her, right? So she sees that as a positive. It's like, oh my gosh, I was so close to 100. Yet she sees it as a positive versus, oh my God, I could have made a hundred. I was only at 92. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Of course, she would love to get a hundred all the time, mm-hmm. but she rarely gets a hundred as right. most of us do. We rarely get a hundred, right? Right. If you're a lucky entrepreneur or luck maybe doesn't have anything to do with it, but if you're one of those entrepreneurs that has something go viral, Mm. you cannot go viral every time it just it's not sustainable not sustainable driving for that kind of virality all the time is going to put you in a perpetual state of stress yes like striving to be a certain body weight type and shape 
all 52 weeks of the year puts your body into a perpetual state of stress, right? Right. Yeah. And it's not healthy. No, it's not healthy. And this is where, like I say, in, in my perfect imperfection program, and it's really for people just like your listeners, you know, anybody that is striving to thrive and wanting to bring out their full authenticity into something that they're really passionate about. And there's fear that shows up and there's self-doubt that shows up. And then there's that perfectionist mindset that shows up and that keeps them stuck into this, like you said, this perpetual vortex of discomfort. And it's like, oh boy, like, wouldn't it be wonderful if you just brought this out, you know? And what do you think the perpetual vortex of discomfort, I love that phrase, Mm. what does that lead to? Well, I'm glad you asked that. This wasn't even planned because, so let me tell you, again, this is in the program and it's in week one, it's five weeks, but in week one, I talk about discovery of self. And one of the things that's really important for us to understand is that there's four levels to learning. And those four levels are, the first level is what we call unconscious incompetence. In other words, we don't know what we don't know. So before this pandemic, for instance, we have no idea what to expect in a pandemic. None of us have ever lived, unless we're like 100 since 19, what, 1918 was the last pandemic. None of us have lived it. We don't know what we don't know. We're just you know sailing along in our life. And then we get to the second level of learning which is called conscious incompetence. It's like, holy crap, I now know that I don't know something, right? So ever started riding a bike, I don't know how to ride it. Or I have no idea how to navigate through social media. I have no idea how to navigate through a pandemic. And that's what I call the vortex of discomfort. And you can choose to stay in the vortex and learn with curiosity versus judgment. Or you can choose to jump out and stay safe, and in my opinion, play small, and not get to that next level. And the next level, if you stay in that vortex of discomfort and learn and see failure as feedback, you get to the next level, which I call conscious competence. I call that the eureka moment. It's like, oh my God, I now know that I know this stuff. And it's like these light bulb moments. And again, in the program, a lot of people start to see as they go into the different weeks, it's like they're having these huge light bulb moments. It's like, oh my God, I realize now who my new superhero is. I realize now who my inner critic is. And there's eureka moments, but they had to go through that vortex of discomfort and stay in it with curiosity to get to that next level, which was like I said, it's like light bulb moment. I now know that I know this until such time is that they start to go into mastery. It's like, I don't even know that I know this stuff anymore. That's the fourth level of learning called unconscious competence. It's like, I don't even know that I know this anymore. It's just a part of my culture. And is that where we get to the point where like, people tell me sometimes that they'll tell me, for example, social media is so hard. And I'm thinking Mm. it's really not. It's really not difficult. I understand there's lots to learn, but it's unconscious for me now. Right. You're a master of it. Right. So nutrition for you is probably unconscious. You'd look at what I might eat and think, why doesn't she know that she should be doing this? Right. Because it's unconscious for you. I think a lot of people don't realize when I tell people 
show us how you do things. Show us how you make a dress. Show us how to paint. Show us whatever. People will go, well, why would anybody want to see that? Well, because right. they don't know how to do that stuff and they find it interesting. But we're so sure that because it's unconscious for us, we're so sure it's so easy that everybody must know how to do this. It's funny. It's called our common sense. So mm -hmm. my common sense and your common sense are different. It's common sense for you to know about social media. So it's like, it's easy, right? It's unconscious for you. My common sense is a little different where my common sense is, you know, maybe around nutrition or mindset or whatever the case may be. So it feels like common sense for me. So of course it's like, well, I don't understand why no one else would know that. Well, that's me judging, right? Mm. But if I was to get curious, it's like, here's what we both have in common. We both have common sense. Everybody has it in their world. So you have common sense around social media and you now have a passion to help others create that mastery. I have a common sense in my neck of the world and I have a passion for helping others improve their mindset and health and well-being. And I want to bring that into the world and help people with that. Isn't it wonderful that you can bring that into the world versus just kind of hold on to it? Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful thing when we start to realize that just because we know how to do it doesn't mean everybody does. And it took several people telling me that before I started to really internalize that. Mm -hmm. And even if I think about, you know, this podcast, which I love, I had a little light bulb moment a few minutes ago when you were talking saying, you know, this, I'm reminding myself why I loved doing a podcast previously. And mm -hmm. I'm so glad I'm back to doing this because I love talking to people in this format. So I feel like my passion and my genius is talking to the people yeah. about this stuff. My podcast manager, she doesn't want to be on camera at all, but she loves taking the recording and turning it into a product that I can use. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's not common sense, but yeah. it sure is for her. And so, you know, when you can find somebody to work with like that, you can share the common sense and everything just works out. But you have to be willing to put your own common sense out there. And people are scared to do that. Well, here's what's so important is that can you imagine if we were all exactly the same? The world would never have the texture that it has and the complexity that it has. We need people like you, Anita, to help us with social media. We need people like your editor to help with this. And if we were all the same person, none of this would happen. We would be static. We need texture and complexity and differences in our life. We need that. And so this is where I say we have a responsibility as humans to bring out our full authenticity because we can make a huge difference in this world if we could just allow ourselves to bring that out in perfect flossom imperfection. So I know I told you I was going to ask this question and I better ask it before we wrap up this interview. <laughs> Can you tell us about a time when you let your true authenticity shine on social media and how that worked out for you? Yeah, well, social media and me are, um, I'm at the vortex of discomfort with that. And I'm learning, I'm really learning a lot about it. And what I'm noticing 
I struggle with dyslexia. And one of the things that I've always been very nervous of is showing up in newsletters. And so I thought, you know what, just do it. What's the worst thing that can happen? Like, it's not like I had a lot of followers when I first started. So it's like, oh, well, I'll just throw it out there. And what I'm noticing is that I'm way better at it than I thought. And I have a real passion for like, I can't wait. And right now it's all around again, perfect imperfection. And I'm really like the feedback that I'm getting are people saying, holy crap, Amber, like that was really powerful. Like this really made me think. And so I was like, can you imagine if I allowed myself to stay safe and hold back and play small because I was concerned about, you know, not showing up in that arena, I may not have been able to make the difference that I wanted to make. Mm. So I just threw it out there. I'm no expert in social media and, you know, that's where I love having you in my world, but I don't have to be. That's what you're here for. (laughs) Well, I'm certainly far from perfect, even when it comes to social media, but we do have to just keep putting things out there and just keep trying. And I think what I tell people all the time is you can never get better unless you start. So your first Facebook live, your first newsletter, your first Instagram post could really suck. Yeah, that's totally okay. Because the second one is going to be better. And the 10th one is going to be better. And by the time you get to 100, you're going to have learned a whole lot about whichever thing it is you're doing. By the time I get to 100 podcasts, I will have this process down pat. But if you don't do number one, if you don't start, you can't get better. Exactly. Here's the reality of life is that there are going to be critics out there. That's a guarantee. There's no getting around it. The worst critic in the world is yourself. If you choose to let that happen. So knowing that they're out there, like, first of all, when you bring visibility around that, they have a whole lot less power. Mm. It's like, I see you. I hear you. I'm doing something that's really important. And unless you're standing in the arena with me, I'm not interested in your feedback. What is your number one tip, if you could think of one, to tell people when they come off stage or they come off a webinar and they go, oh, man, I totally bombed today. What's your best tip for getting out of that mindset? Ask yourself what's here to learn. Ask yourself um, a headspace of curiosity. What would you like to learn from this? What's here to learn and what's here to celebrate? Start exercising that superhero. Yeah, it's so tough sometimes when you just feel like, oh, man, nobody laughed at my jokes. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know, there's a guy in the front who's shutting their eyes, going to sleep. I had that once. And then somebody, you know, I felt really bad about that. That was several years ago. This guy sitting in the front table arms crossed, falling asleep with his head off to the side. And I thought, oh my gosh, am I really that boring that you're going to fall asleep? Now, isn't it interesting? I wonder how many other people were so enamored and intrigued by your talk. And what did you focus on? Yeah, well, you know what? I remember the one guy sitting in the front, but I don't remember who came up to talk to me afterwards and said anything else. Right. 
Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, like Brene Brown talks a lot about this, the critic in yeah. the arena. And again, I, I have her video in my program because I'm just so inspired by her words. You know, I see you, I hear you. The people that we ignore the most is the people that love us unconditionally. It's like, that's no fun. Can we just, you know, I'd rather just focus on the stranger in the front that's fallen asleep that I'll never see again. But the 99.9% .9 of the people that are intrigued and inspired by me, well, that doesn't matter. I just want to inspire that person. That's the 99%, yeah. right? Yeah, I love Brene Brown too. And going back to the idea of, you know, you have to do the first one in order to do the second one and start to get better and better and better. Baby steps, yeah. Baby steps. But one of the stories or the things that she said that really stuck with me is that there's really no such thing as being fearless. Like I've had people say to me, oh, you're so fearless. No, God, no, I'm not fearless. I have fear every day about being a, a business owner and making the bills. And, you know, I have fear every day about doing this stuff, but I am brave or courageous, whichever way you want to look at it. Yes. Because I see the fear and I feel the fear and I say, hi, thank you. Thank you for trying to warn me about whatever, but I'm going to do this anyway. I got this. Yeah. Right. I got this. I'm going to do this anyway. And so that to a lot of people that comes across as confidence or fearlessness or, you know, extroversion, even sometimes, even though I'm very much an introvert. And it's just so important to realize that there's no such thing as being fearless. Fear is an emotion. Yeah. You have to feel it, but that doesn't yeah. mean you have to let it run your life. Right. So I did a keynote last year in front of like, I think what 500 people and that's one of the things that I talked about is fear and fearlessness. And fear, I have an acronym, is false evidence appearing real. Mm. So that's one thing. And I know we're running out of time. But the second thing is that instead of being fearless, what about fearing less? What about taking it with you and say, you know what? I got this. Come with me. Just come with me. Let me show you that this is all it's going to be okay. Because we need fear, we need like it's a it's a natural instinct. So we know that it's a part of us. So to the perfectionist would want us to not have fear. Well, there's no such thing. It, like you said, it's a natural instinct. It's kind of important for us to have. And at the same time, if we realize it's false evidence appearing real, can we fear less? And can we take that with us to say, you know what, I got gotcha. you. Just come with me. Come on stage in a little itty bitty bikini in front of international people, thousands of people that's going to judge me for five minutes and going to tell me if I have the perfect physique or not and be scared to death to do it and still get on stage and do it. Just show up, show up on the stage of life. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of a better way to end this interview. Just show up on the stage of life in your itty bitty bikini and go for it. <laughs> go for it. And then yeah. do it again tomorrow and do it again next week and get better every time yes. until you get to that point of unconscious competence. And you can look yes. back and say, wow, I actually do know what I'm doing. Wow. My common sense is better than I thought. Absolutely. Before we go, tell us where we can find you online and where we can get more information about this program, Perfect Imperfection. So you go to my website which is changechamp.ca. 
And if you go into the individual programs and scroll down, there's a program called Perfect Imperfection. And you just tap on that, register. And for your listeners, I'll give you a coupon code. And that coupon code is VIP15. And you say 15% just for special Anita Kirkbride listeners, Blossom listeners. And I tell you, like I said, it's been a game changer for so many that have gone through it. So yeah, please reach out. Also sign up for my newsletter, but you see that when you go into changechamp.ca as well. And what about social media? Which social media do you prefer? Where are you found more? Well, (laughs) so I'm toying with Instagram, which is changechamp66. And if you just go into my, I also have a private Facebook group page called Change Champs. And I'd be happy to accept anybody from your group. And also anybody that just wants to reach out, they can reach out via Facebook at Anne-Marie Flynn. So A-N-N hyphen M-A-R-I-E and Flynn is F-L-I-N-N. All right. Lots of ways to get in touch with you if people want to talk about this. I feel like you and I could go back and forth and talk about this stuff for quite forever. So thank you so much for joining me and for being my very first podcast episode on this new venture of mine. It was the perfect topic to start this off. And so thank you for for joining me today. You know what, Anita? I think you're pretty freaking flossom. (laughs) Well, I think you're pretty perfectly imperfect. Oh, thank you. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. Thank you, Anita. Thanks for listening to Be Flossom, the Good Enough podcast. Before you leave, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode when I'll be talking to another perfectly imperfect entrepreneur. If you're looking for the show notes, head on over to beflossom.ca, where you'll also find all the links to connect with today's guest.